Coming up in this podcast, Donald Trump from a WA perspective, Gold Road, PDC, BIM, Lawrence Wines, Fremantle Developments and Junior Miners. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Pownall and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Pownall. And I'm Dan Wilkie. Welcome to our weekly podcast. So Mark, there wasn't much else to talk about in the middle of the week when Donald Trump stunned everyone to win the US election. So what does it actually mean for WA? Yeah, uh, President Trump, I actually went out to the uh, US consul, uh, the local consul that had a function at the university club at UWA uh, with the big screens and I got there about middle of the morning after Kim Beasley had spoken and a few other luminaries. Uh, there was Everyone was pretty stunned. And it wasn't clear then that Hillary was going to lose, Hillary Clinton, but um, it was starting to look that way. And, uh, of course, we all know what happened after that. Uh, Look, the market reacted very negatively um, to the news. Uh, Obviously, markets were open here where it was overnight in the US uh, and plunged. But, look, they recovered really quickly um, and, in fact, have gone up and above um, where they were the day before. Because uh, people are looking at Trump, well, now it's a reality, what does it mean? And I think the, the global perspective is he might actually try and uh, invest and spend um, his way out of uh, the US sort of problems they've got. Mm-hmm. Locally, uh, we're looking at whether or not he comes uh, or is comes good with his call that he's going to abandon the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal that's on the cards, whether he'd go even further and abandon other trade deals, and whether he'd start a trade war with China. Now, if he does that last thing, that's a very negative thing for WA. China obviously takes a lot of what we uh, produce here and turns it into value-added things and sells it to America. And if, there, if he slapped a 45% tariff on Chinese goods, as he's suggesting, that could have a large impact on us, um, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Well, again, that's a that's a that's a smaller but important element in a free trade agreement that generally is beneficial to us. Um, Michael Cheney at the West Farmers uh, annual general meeting yesterday, um, or being Thursday, said uh, that uh, he believed restricting free trade was a reversal of all those things that had delivered prosperity to Australia, and in particular Western Australia. So there you go. Yeah, it's certainly um, very interesting to watch, and um, I'm sure everyone will be interested to see how it develops over the next few months and years, I suppose. Um, But despite the US focus, uh, there was some local news in terms of some deals and contracts. So what's happened there, Mark? Yeah, look, uh, first of all, I mean, the big one was Gold Road Resources. Uh, It's gone into a joint venture with South African mining giant Goldfields for its Gruyere project uh, near Laverton. That's a $350 million deal. Uh, so good news, and obviously it's, a, it's a, a gold play. Gold's in a good space, and Donald Trump's helping that. So that's another uh, pretty big deal. Uh, look, another really interesting deal, um, which we're not sure really what the driver is of this, but there's a group called PDC Group. They used to be Perth Drafting. They're a small engineering consultancy, and they got into a business called... Uh, building management, sorry, building information management systems. So very much how to manage a building digitally. You know, um, a lot of this stuff is very important. Where all the where all the plans are, where all the things are, 
and um, they had a they had a quite a good business around that. Um, a US group has come in called DBN Global and have bought that business. Now, in the interim, it seems like um, the rest of the PDC businesses seem to have been closed down. So we're not quite sure what whether the whole business is lock, stock and barrel or whether they've just sold off their what has become their key asset. We'll uh, hope to get a bit more information. And just lastly, um, there was a late last week, uh, Civmec um, won uh, a $196 million project um, for a wastewater project south of Perth at Woodman Point. Um, they're in a JV there with Black & Veatch, uh, an international engineering firm. So a bit of international news, a bit of international stuff there, and uh, and again, a bit of international stuff even in another area. Dan, you were the first business reporter to have the Lawrence Wine story this week. Tell us about that deal. Yeah, that's um, some fairly big news coming out of the southwest and a bit of a uh, boost for property values down there, I think, um, with a US investor sidling in there and buying Lawrence Wines for $20 million. Um, now, I understand that it wasn't done on, on market. The, the, they were quietly looking for a buyer for the last couple of years. Um, found one in, in a US-based investor believed to be Howard Milstein. Um, and he's going to lease the property to two different winemakers. One of them is a local, Larry Cherubino Wines, but the other one is really big news for the Southwest is the Oatley family, um, obviously very herald, heralded winemaking dynasty. So it's going to be major fillet for the region and give, us some, give it some really good exposure over on the East Coast to, to see them have a presence there. Um, they've certainly got a lot of experience, so really interested to see what they serve up. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, listeners might remember uh, the Lawrence wines got a bit of bit of sort of controver- controversy uh, when they when they started that winery with their chick on the stick um, statue, and mm. uh, and maybe another reminder: Lawrence family is uh, was linked to the Lawrence family from Perth that set up SeaWorld and and are now involved with a group called Axiom Properties. So mm. yeah, yeah, that sculpture certainly a landmark as you're driving along. Yeah. The <laughs> Now, uh, also in uh, other property news, big big news in Frio. Yeah, a couple of things going on down there. Um, the bigger one, on uh, Thursday this week, uh, Colin Barnett confirmed that three government agencies are going to move to Frio. Um, that's going to underpin a $250 million redevelopment of King Square. Now, that announcement is certainly going to be a relief to the developers who are in a capital. They bought the old Meyer building where this new office building is going to go. They bought it in in 2011. And this was actually flagged in the state government's office decentralisation program around uh, late 2013. But City of Frio, they're pretty stoked about it. 1,500 workers heading into the CBD. That's going to result in considerable activity. But the really encouraging thing for Frio residents or people that just like to visit Frio is Serona Capital is really focusing on the impact that the building is going to have at the ground level. They're not just going to deliver a stale office building. They're going to have a cinema. There's going to be multiple restaurants and cafes. There'll be new event space, um, new public space right in the heart of Frio, which can only be good. Um, There was another story about development in Frio this week, and this one wasn't so positive, though, um, with the Metro Southwest Development Assessment Panel knocking back an apartments proposal on Adelaide Street. Uh, that's at, the proposal is at the old Spotlight building, which has been sitting empty for years in a bit, a bit of a neglected end of the east end of Frio. But unfortunately for Spotlight's property development, um, they've got a local partner in Yoke Property Group, but the DAP ruled the project's eighth storey was just too tall for because it doesn't make Frio town planning guidelines. Now, the strange thing is, across the road, um, those that know Frio would know there's a nine-storey building, Johnson Court, direct, uh, 
literally across the street. Um, so evidently those rules weren't in place when it was built in the 1970s. Um, but incidentally, I've heard that building being described as the city's biggest planning mistake, so I don't think they want a repeat of that. And this is my opinion. If you have a look at the pictures which are on our website, it's not the most attractive building, so it may not have been the eighth floor. It may have just been the design that was the, re- the reason that it got knocked Ooh, back. Gee, there's a, there's a subjective test for There you. is a subjective <laughs> test, but I didn't like it. <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. So um, coming up in next week's paper, um, our resources reporter, Matt McKenzie, he's been looking closely at the junior mining sector. So, Mark, have you got a bit of a flavour of what he's going to be coming out with? Yes, well, look, uh, we've already mentioned the uh, Gold Roads deal, so he's going to do a bit of analysis of that. Um, Also, he's looking at, obviously, gold in general. Um, A lot of news around that's been the strong field. Uh, Nickel, um, the price is up from deep lows and leading a handful of companies to pursue some international projects. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes, a bit of analysis on that. Uh, and probably the little, uh, the kind of speculative interest is cobalt. Uh, maybe this is the next bubble, who knows, but it's, cobalt is uh, uh, up 23% since May to $28,300 per tonne. Uh, it's used in lithium batteries, which is kind of where that, that comes from. So there's a group called Dragon Energy has bought a cobalt deposit near Waluna, and Australia Mines has bought two Scandium projects on the East Coast with cobalt as a byproduct. And Tiger Resources in Africa is working on feasibility for cobalt production at an Africa copper mine, so in the De- uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. So there you go. Quite a lot of information there. Um, obviously, lots to read in the feature when we get there. Um, look, just uh, don't forget, uh, coming up, we've got uh, Fortescue Metals Group Chief Nev Power speaking at our Success and Leadership Breakfast on December 7, so grab a ticket for that. And also another reminder, 40 under 40 nominations remain open till November 23, so like to, if you know someone under 40, entrepreneurial, they've got a great business or they've got a, or they're a very entrepreneurial person, nominate them. And one last thing, uh, we've upgraded the search system on our BNIQ search engine, so you can now find people by their roles. You can put in CEO or marketing or CFO or whatever you want. Um, and find, you know, out of 27,000 people, you're going to find uh, the ones you want. You can narrow your search down if you're looking for a title or role. Uh, anyway, very handy addition as a business development tool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Powell and Mark Bayer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts. And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.